this is going, let's see, how do I want to say this? Who reads? Oh, great. It amazed me how many people didn't raise their hand that they read. I didn't say you read a lot. I said, do you read? You like books. Well, we were blessed, and today we are going to start a series. We're going back and revisiting some things. Uh, we're going to start a series called The Blessed Life. And, we're, uh, and, and you say, well, I, so you may go through this series and say, well, I do these things. That's good. But some people have never been taught things. And so we're not, around here, we're not a bit afraid to go back and teach stuff again. Right, Stanley? So, uh, anybody study finances at all? Here, Katie, I just feel like you need to take this. We were blessed with some books, and I want to, we're going to bless other people with stuff since we're talking about the blessed life. Um, that book was uh, Robert Morris's, uh, what is it, Beyond Blessed? Um, you know, God wants you to live a blessed life. God wants you blessed in everything you do. But the thing is, sometimes we don't know what, where we want us to bless. Two, two statements I want you to take, and if you're looking for notes, these are on the YouVersion app. But there are two statements I want you to make over the next four or five weeks. The first one is this. I am ready to be even more blessed than I have been. <laughs> I'm ready to be even more blessed than I have been. You got to speak to the mountains. You got to speak the thing. I am more. I am ready now to be more blessed than I ever have been. And then the second statement I want you to make as your, as a statement. We're going to see these every week. I am ready to experience more of God's presence every day and everywhere I go. I'm ready to experience more of God's presence every day and everywhere I go. Go to Acts chapter 20. Now, when we get into these, we may say things that you've heard. You may say things that you haven't heard. Um, hopefully, we'll say it in ways you've never heard it before. <laughs> he says in Acts chapter 20, verse 35, In all things, I have shown you how working like this, you must help the weak. Now, Pastor Ted just talked about Money, and, and let me tell you, I want to brag on some of you because there's still money coming in uh, for the missionaries. You know why? Because now they have to set up in a whole new country. Yeah. Now they're still trying to get one of their children into the U.S. They sent two of their young kids ahead. Uh, but he says, he said, you must help the weak, remembering the words of the Lord Jesus and how he said, it is more blessed... To give than receive. So where's the blessing lie? The blessing doesn't lie in everything that God pours out on me. I'm not blessed when God just pours things down and I, and I got everything I need. He said it's more blessed when I give. And there's all kinds of things that we're going to talk about that you can give. One of the reasons, and people are afraid of messages like this. They'll call us all kinds of things. <laughs> That's all right. But I want to show you from the word of how God desires for you to live a blessed life. And blessed doesn't always mean you've got millions of dollars. 
and driving the fanciest of things. That's, that's our idea. That's not always God's idea of how to bless you. In Acts 20, 35 there again, he says, it is more blessed to give than receive. Here's what the word blessed means. So this is what God desires for you. It is more blessed when you give. The, ble- the word blessed means to be made happy. It means to be made happy. It means to be made prosperous. It is happiness and favor and the favor of God. So when he says, he says it is, it'll make you happy, it'll make you prosperous, and you'll have the favor of God when you give than when you receive. There is more prosperity, more happiness, more favor of God when we give rather than when we receive. You see, we've got this thing wrong. We think we're blessed when everything's good and everything's got on, piled on top of us and we're swimming in all this stuff and we just can't get away from it. But folks, we're gonna have to realize if we're gonna live a blessed life, it's gonna have to become when we're more interested in others. than we are ourselves. And so many people have got blessing wrong. Today, we're gonna look at having a generous heart. Well, I'm generous. Well, what is generous? You say, well, the church just wants my money. See, that's the first time. (laughs) Greg, when you start preaching like this, that's the first thing people go, it gets real quiet. Kind of like it is right now. And the church wants my money. Adrian, you know when the last time we've preached about any kind of financial stuff in this church? Five years ago. Five years. But you know what? There's a new generation that's coming. Just like the cookout on, on, on next Friday for the young adults. And, and, and so... There's a, there's a generation that's coming up that we want them to know that it is God's will for them to be blessed. But blessing comes when we're more concerned with others than we are ourselves. More, blessing comes when we walk in a generous way. We have, <laughs> Acts said there, he said it is more blessed, happy, prosperous when we give than we receive. Our issue is, And our issue comes when we believe that having things, having stuff, and having tons and tons of money means you're blessed. That's an issue. (laughs) Now, is God opposed to you having things? No, we'll look at it over the next couple weeks. He made Abraham rich. He's not rich. Yeah, rich is a Bible word. (laughs) Well, they're rich. What's wrong with that? Rich is a Bible word. Our problem is we don't really understand what rich means. We think it's millions. We think there's a dollar because of where we live in the greatest country in the world, the most blessed country in the world. We think that we have a dollar sign somewhere that makes us blessed. But we have to understand, God has called us to more than just a bank account. God wants to bless you with more 
than just money. If we understood the word rich, go to Proverbs chapter 11. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24. This is, this is a great scripture. You ready? There is that scattereth, yet increaseth, and there is withholdeth more than is meat. Go ahead. But, ten, but it what? It tendeth to poverty. Doesn't that make you want to shout? Isn't that awesome? Isn't that, go back and read it again. There is that scattereth, yet increaseth, and there is that withholdeth more than is meat, that t- but it tendeth to poverty. Look at verse 25, it gets good. The liberal soul shall be made fat, and he that watereth shall be watered also himself. That is a fantastic scripture, don't you agree? And this is why we use different translations. Read verse 24 again. There is he that scattereth. No, back that up, buddy. There is that scattereth, yet increaseth. And there is that withholdeth more than is meat, but it tendeth to poverty. You got to let it sink in yet. Let's read this out of the Passion Translation. Generosity brings prosperity. So it's, it's funny when you start defining words what they really mean. He that scattereth. <laughs> he said generosity brings prosperity. Oh. But withholding from charity brings poverty. Those who live to bless others will have blessings heaped upon them. The one who pours out his life to pour out blessings will be saturated with favor. Generosity brings prosperity. That doesn't make sense. See, we live in a kingdom that don't really make a lot of sense. Where he says to give and I'll make you prosperous. Now in most of our minds, We think if I give, that means I don't have as much in my pocket. And if I'm giving over here, then how am I going to do what I need to do over there? Y'all okay? Our problem sometimes is we have the wrong mentality. Go, if you will, to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Because there's two types of people we're going to look at today. Guess what they are? Generous and not generous. <laughs> well, the church wants my money so much we only preach on this every five years. Come on. Second <laughs> Corinthians chapter 9 verse 6. Here's my point. A stingy sower will reap a meager harvest. But one who sows from a generous spirit will reap an abundant harvest. Sorry, we can't get away from this. It's in the word. Mm-hmm. He said the sti- uh, a stingy sower will reap a meager harvest. But the one who sows a, from a generous spirit will reap an abundant harvest. Let giving flow from your heart, not from a sense of religious duty. Now that says the modern English version. This is actually the Passion Translation because I put the wrong one in. He said, let generosity flow not from a a, a sense of religious duty. Well, it's just what I have to do. They're going to take up an offering. 
Yeah, we put so much pressure on you, we tell you to go online or put it in the boxes back there on the wall. That's pressure, boys. That's high pressure. That's, that's high pressure. I'm not going to insult car salesmen, but... Uh, Listen to what he says here. He said, let living flow from your heart, not from a sense of religious duty. Let it spring up freely from the joy of giving. All because God loves a hilarious generosity. Now, here's what happens. King James people get mad at me right there. That doesn't even make sense. God loves hilarious generosity. That's not what the scripture says. The scripture says, for God loves a cheerful giver. You know what the Greek word for that word cheerful is? Hilaros. It's the word we get hilarious from. It means hilarious. So how does God want us to give? We ought to be the happiest craziest, liveliest, it ought to make us laugh, it ought to make us, it ought to giggle us, it ought to tickle our everything when I get the opportunity to sow, whether I sow into my church, whether I sow into missionaries, whether I sow into somebody on the street, there should be a sense of joy. Well, oh, they're going to take my money. No, God says, bring it not, it's not religious duty, it is a sense of hilarity. You can look it up. Hilaros. So it's not mistranslated. God loves a hilarious giver or hilarious generosity. Look at verse 8. Yes, God is more ready to overwhelm you with every form of grace. Not just grace on your money. Oh, come on. He's ready to overwhelm you with every form of grace so that you will have more than enough of everything. Every moment and in every way, he will make you overflow with abundance in every good thing you do. It's so funny to me how quiet it gets when messages like this. You know why, Michael? Because we set up a great big giant idol. And for some reason, this idol is so big that we're scared to take anything from it for fear that it won't have enough. You all okay? God loves a hilarious, cheerful Now, in a couple weeks, we're going to look at a a scripture that says, if you be willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. You know why, Deb? Because I can be willing and not be obedient, or I can be obedient and not be willing. And if I don't get those two things together, I can't eat the good of the land. It takes only willingness and obedience. I'm not just doing and giving and sowing and tithing and doing all this stuff out of my obedience. I'm doing it out of willingness. And I'm doing it out of joy, not begrudgingly. It's a joy. It's a, I, it, 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 I rejoice in it. Do you know we pray over your money every week? Every week, the offerings that come into this church gets poured out on my desk. I don't do it. I'm there when it happens, though. 
and we lay hands on it. And we pray, pray blessings on your children and your children's children and your families and your jobs. And you see, we, we, we start declaring that God begins to do more in you than you ever thought he could do. That you begin to see a more of a blessing than you've ever seen. That you are more prosperous than you've ever been. That he blesses you and your family and everyone that comes in. That your storehouses will be full. The word is filled with being blessing of God. And we actually lay hands on the money. Because that's our only contact to you. And we pray. Y'all okay? Man, it's quiet here today. (laughs) He wants you to be abundant in every good thing. Verse 9. Just as the scripture says about the one who trusts him because he has shown extravagantly and given, he has sown, sorry, sown extravagantly and given to the poor. His kindness and generous deeds will never be forgotten. You hear that promise? Yeah, but I sowed 15 years ago for something. And I think God forgot about it. Except for this scripture. He said, where I've sown, it will not be forgotten. God has not forgotten it. Oh my goodness. And as I go through this life, There are times, Idra, that I begin to call out to God and say, hey, we are in a tight spot. We're in a place that we need a miracle. And it doesn't bother me to say, I want to remind you. Well, you can't remind God of anything except for that one little chapter in Malachi. In chapter three, it's not going to be on your screen. It will be next week though. Except for that scripture in Malachi, in chapter 3, where he says, Bring all the tithes and offerings into the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house. He said, if you don't believe me, he said, prove me herewith, for the King James. You know what that's saying? He's saying, put me to the test. Try me and see that I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on you so much that you cannot contain it. And so every now and then, I don't care, we go back to my father and I say, I have done what you said. We are faithful to do what you say. Now I ask that those windows of heaven be opened. And pour, well, you're waiting on billions of dollars. No, I'm not. I'm waiting for him to do what the word says. But my God shall supply all my needs Not my wants, but my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. He's got it. Everybody still good? We're going to see. Listen, some of you young adults need to catch this stuff early. Yeah, but I, you know, I don't do, I don't give and I don't tithe and I don't do all this stuff and I'm still okay. There's coming a day. Oh, you're declaring something bad over. No, I'm not. I'm just telling you. Life happens to everyone. People ask me all the time, well, why does this kind of stuff happen? I said, because there's an enemy and he hates you. And if he can overcome you, he will. But, but greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. So he can't really overcome me. <laughs> Ooh. 
just as the scripture says about the one who trusts him, because he has sown extravagantly and given to the poor, his kindness and generous deeds will never be forgotten. This generous God who supplies abundant seed to the farmer. King James says he gives seed to the sower. So if I need something to sow, I have to be first walking in this extravagant generosity. And then when the time comes, Creflo Dollar made a statement one time and it's, it stuck with me forever. Well, I, don't like Creflo, I don't care. He said, if it's not enough to meet your need, it's your seed. If what I got isn't enough to meet what I need, maybe I need to trust the one I say I trust and I need to sow what I have and expect him to do what the word says, to give seed to the sower. Mm. Okay. <laughs> this generous God who provides abundant seed for the farmer, which becomes bread for our meals, and even more extravagant, is even more extravagant towards you. First, he supplies every need plus more. Then he multiplies the seed as you sow it. There is a miracle in generosity. There is a miracle in generosity. What's that miracle? That as I put out, he multiplies back to me. Does it make sense? That's how God works. How can I give away and still get more? How can I sow and still know that more is coming back? Because that's the miracle of a generous heart. He said, he, he multiplies your seed as you sow it so that, the, so that the harvest of your generosity will grow. Verse 11, you will, abundantly, you will be abundantly enriched in every way as you give generously on every occasion for when we take your gifts to those in need it causes many to give thanks to God what's he saying a farmer doesn't plant one seed and expect 20 tomato plants to rise up out of it doesn't plant one seed I, I am not a farmer I am not a gardener. So if you say, well, that kind of works that way. I, I'm sorry, I don't know. <laughs> but he doesn't plant a little and expect a huge crop. Yeah. He knows that what he sows will grow exactly what he planted. God doesn't work like that. He says, what you sow, he will abundantly multiply. It's the miracle of generosity. And it's what God wants to do in you right now. It's, he's not, well, God's holding back from me. God's not holding back from you. Yeah, but I've done this all these years, and he's not forgotten. But it's funny, Perry, every time I needed it, it was there. Every time I looked around, I didn't even know where it come from sometimes, Brent. And somebody handed me a card. Listen, I've seen it miraculously appear. I knew what was in the bank in the morning, and I went in the afternoon, and there was more there. <laughs> well, how does that happen? Somebody made a mistake. Or my God's that great. 
What you may put on the failure of man, I'll put on the success of God. <laughs> I just believe. Well, you're not rich. No. Well, actually, I am very rich. You just don't know it. Because I, I, I decided a long time ago to quit counting riches the way most people count riches. We're going to get into these things. <laughs> God, listen, do you know most of the world lives on about $2 a day? You're blessed. Whether you like it or not, you're already blessed. $2 a day. I can't even go to Wendy's for that. And here's the thing. I live in a town that's got two Wendy's. This ain't a plug for Wendy's. It's the first one that came in. This is prosperity, folks. And it's time we understand that. He's, a farmer sows a lot so he can reap a lot. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 9-11 again. It should be still on the screen. He said, you will be abundantly enriched. I want to stop in every way. King James says, being enriched. Same word. Being enriched in everything. So it didn't mistranslate it. But here's what that word enriched means. It means to bestow richly, to supply abundantly in everything, in every way. So what does God say to me there? He says, if I do these things, he multiplies the seed as I sow it, my harvest of generosity will grow and I will be bestowed riches and supplied abundantly in everything. We've got to get the, our idea that being blessed is all about money. Although money is part of that. God's not opposed to money either. Well, money's the root of all evil. doesn't say that. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. It doesn't say that. It says the love of money. I was teaching a group of young adults one time. And the Holy Spirit just jumped out of my spirit and said this. He said, when money means nothing to you, it'll come greater to you. So what does money really mean? Because you know what? I want to be blessed in a whole lot of ways. Not just in my finances. Listen, y'all have to come back next week. Well, I don't have to. <laughs> but it's the word. Have I not read you the word yet? Bestowed riches. If we, and this might, I might even put this on the screen, I don't know. But if we belittle God's blessing to just finances, then we have way underestimated the blessing of God. If we belittle being blessed to just finances, we have way underestimated what being blessed is really all about. Because finance is only part of it. <laughs> If, if we would become consumed with generosity. Pastor Ted did a great teaching Wednesday night and included this. For a church to remain healthy, it's got to be a church of radical generosity. And that's something we need to be. A radically, why do you think we, we opened Harvest House? And charge no one anything for it. 
Yeah, but what if people come and get it and they sell it? That's between them and God. <laughs> that, hey, Ryan, that's between them and God. I, I can't do nothing about that. But what I can say, if they come to me and say, I am hurting, I am going to do everything in my ability to say, well, let me alleviate the hurt. It's a generous heart, generosity. And then we'll, we'll, we'll talk about other things. Why do you think there's a building sitting out here on the ground while Jim and Perry and the rest of these guys search this property for the right place to build it? Because we want to put more stuff in it. Well, why do you want more stuff in it? So I can give more stuff away. I'll fill it up one day and empty it out the next. That's okay with me. <laughs> and I'll laugh about it when I do it, Sandy. You know why? Because he loves it, Haleros. Giver. Y'all okay? I'm just sharing some heart with you. As we make some transitions, imagine if our heart of generosity would grow so much. That, that, like that scripture said, he said, people read, thank God for your generosity. Can you imagine a whole area that thanks God for the generosity that came out of Harvest Christian Fellowship? God, we pray, they praise God and they don't even know why they're praising him. Just because somebody cared enough to give. Somebody cared enough to be there. So why don't we do it? Because we have the wrong mentality. Some of us think a lot like Judas. Yeah. Now, wait a minute. What do you mean Judas? You know, Judas had a bag mentality. He had a bag set mentality. Mindset. He only cared. And here's what a lot of us say. It, so that's what we're going to look at. What do you mean he had a bag mindset? Because a lot of our statements are, are just this. You know, we don't have enough. We would like to give, and we simply don't have enough to be generous. You remember, the rest of the world lives on about $2 a day. I just don't have enough to be generous. I read this week of a story. Uh, this pastor had a young man, and this was years ago. He came to him, and he said, Pastor, I'm being faithful in my giving. He gave $4 a week. He said, he said, I make $40, I'm giving $4 a week, that's all I can do. He said, well, the pastor said, just, he said, I want you to pray with me that I get a new job, my finances increase. So he prayed for him, and he got a new job. And after several, several months, maybe years later, he said the young man came back to him, because now he went from making $40 a week to making $500 a week. And he came back to him, and he said, I need to be released from my promise to you. He said, well, I can't release you from your promise. You made that to God, not to me. He said, but what we can do, he said, we'll pray that God reduces your salary back down to 40. He said, you had no problem paying $4. <laughs> Y'all okay? We've looked at money wrong. We've looked at being blessed wrong. Go to Haggai chapter 1, verse 6. Haggai chapter 1, verse 6. And I'm reading out of the voice. The voice says about Haggai, he says, you have planted a large crop, but your harvest is small. Anybody ever felt like that? Yeah. <laughs> 
You've planted a large crop, but your harvest is small. You have food to eat, but it's never enough to satisfy. You have something to drink, but you're never filled. You have clothes to wear, but they're not enough to keep you warm. Here, that's how we would say it. I got more month than I have money. <laughs> he said, it's never enough to keep you warm. He said, you earn a salary, but money runs out quickly. As if there are holes in your pocket. We've got this little bag. And it's our, it's our monthly income. And no matter how hard we try, it seems like that thing never gets full. Why? Maybe it's because we're worried about what goes in it than what comes out of it. What if we would become more concerned with what goes out of the bag than what goes in the bag? See, we feel like we're living with this bag with holes in it. And as much as we would like to be generous, I just don't think we can. Here's why. It's because we put more faith in what's in the bag than we do to the God who says he will fill the bag. Our faith is in what's in it. And so when our faith is in what's in it, we can't be, have a generous heart. Is this okay if I teach you a little more? <laughs> John chapter 12. I'm going to show you how we think like Judas a lot. Listen. Mm. John chapter 12, verse 5 out of the Passion says, what a waste. This is Judas talking. Woman comes, pours out all this nice expensive oil on Jesus' feet in worship. And John, uh, Judas comes back and says, what a waste. We could have sold this perfume for a fortune and given the money to the poor. Sounds like a good thing. Judas really wanted this money to give to the poor. Except that wasn't Judas's mindset. It looks good. It sounded good. And we say things like that. Verse uh, 6, he said, in fact, Judas had no heart for the poor. He only said this because he was a thief and in charge of the money case. In case you got this weird, twisted idea that Jesus was poor, broke. He had a treasurer. That's what Judas was. He was in charge of Jesus' money. Yeah, but he became poor so that we might be rich. Go back and read the whole thing in context. <laughs> it's true. Judas was his money keeper. Judas had no heart for the poor. He would steal the money. <laughs> Whenever he wanted the funds. <laughs> Whenever he wanted the funds given to support Jesus. Listen, Judas was worried about what, in, what went in the bag. Not what came out of it because he was never worried about what came out of it. Only that he could gain. And see, that's a lot of times that's how we treat God. Listen, God. If I don't do this then I can do this, and you really want me to do this, right? This is a good thing. This is a, this is a, a, a godly thing. This is a blessed thing. 
but is it willing and obedient? Listen, I'm going to tell you a story. One time, Dee and I were in, in, a, in a place, and we were having a tough financial uh, time. And I handed her my check payday, and then we went to church. Dr. Ruth, we were in church. The offering plate come around, and the Holy Spirit said to her, put his entire check in the offering, and I'll get you out of debt. Listen, this doesn't bother her that I'm telling her this. Because you know what? We learned. She said, okay, Lord, here, I'll give a big chunk. Didn't say a big chunk. See, there's some willingness there, but not obedience. And if I want to eat the good of the land, I have to be willing and obedient. And so as the plate went by, she puts in this big thing. Holy Spirit told her, she said, I would have got you. What, what's so funny about it? She put in that big thing. This was the same night, and correct me if I'm wrong. We leave church that night, and somebody hands us money on the outside on the parking lot. But I wonder if it was how much we would have went out there with. Well, see, there was some harvest. There was some harvest. Where whenever you plant, there's going to be harvest. Seed time always brings harvest. Whenever I sow seed, it brings some kind of harvest. But what did God tell us to do? It doesn't matter if it's a dollar or if it's a million. It's still the same to God. God doesn't count it by zeros. He counts it by the heart. He counts it by the obedience. He's not looking at your zeros. He's looking at your obedience. Mm. Oh, goodness. He panicked over what was going in the bag. The blessed life doesn't concern itself with what goes in the bag but what we can sow out of the bag. So then there's this other mindset. And I love Greg Rochelle for his statement. That's where a lot of these points came from. There's also a basket mindset. And what happens if we don't get a hold of a basket mindset? If we don't believe that God is a God of abundance, we'll always struggle to trust him. And somebody who, who knows these things knows God's name is El Shaddai. A God of more than enough. Go to Luke chapter 6, verse 38. I'm skipping around some stuff. Luke 6, 38, he said, give and it will be given to you. So if I don't give... Give and it will be given. The opposite has to be true too, Jim. Give and it will be given unto you. Good measure. Press down. Every man should understand this. And shaken together. Or woman, it don't have to be a man. But men, this is how men think. Take the trash out. I need to take that trash. I need to take that trash out. I can get by another day or so. <laughs> this is what God's saying. He said, give and it'll be given unto you. Good measure, press down. Why? To make room for more. To make room for more. He said, it'll be given unto you. Good measure, press down, shaken together. And how does God give? Running over. Because nobody's ever let their trash get like that, right? 
He said, given it will be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. This is how God says, if I give, this is what happens to me. But if I don't give, I can't expect this. It's funny how people think, well, what? The people preach all the time. Well, God's a blesser. God's a blesser. God's a blesser. He's a, he, you know, he, he does great things, but he ain't done it for me. And my question is, well, where is your giving? Then I had a couple come to us one time. And they said, we had preached on tithing. And they said, well, we have never tithed in 35 years. And we've always had times of, of good, times of bad. Okay. We said, we encourage them to tithe. So they come by, back to us, mad. I can't believe they were mad at me. I said, why are you mad at me? They said, well, we tithed that, that, that tithing stuff. And it didn't work. Well, how, 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 how often have you tithed? Well, we did it that one time. And we blame God like his word's not true. Give and it'll be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Will men give to you? <laughs> Anybody ever in here remember Mike Murdoch? I got, raise your hand. I want to really see who remembers Mike Murdoch. You can still catch him every now and then. He made a great statement one time, Rachel. He said, <laughs> When God wants to bless you, he puts people in your life. When the enemy wants to curse you, he puts people in your life. <laughs> I like the first part of it better. Given it'll be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over, will men. God's not going to just, boom, sometimes he does. But you know what he's doing? He's looking for people with generous hearts. If it's more blessed to give than to receive, how about I be that person that gives to you good measure and press down and shaking together rather than me walking around going, who's going to give to me? Who's going to give to me? Where's it at, God? Where, how about if I become that person? I become that generous person. I become the person who helps somebody else get over rather than looking who's looking out for me. John chapter 6 Jesus preaching to a bunch of boys, a bunch of men, women, children on the side of a mountain. And they said, they're hungry. Jesus said, feed them. So we don't have enough. There's over 5,000 people. You got to remember back then they only counted the men. They didn't count the wives and children. So there's upwards of 5,000 people. Jesus said, feed them. We ain't got nothing to feed them with. We don't have the money to feed this many people. In verse 8, but just then Andrew, Peter's brother, spoke up and said, Look, here is a young person with five barley loaves and two small fish, but how far would that go with this huge crowd? And Jesus says, Have everyone sit down, Jesus said to his disciples. So on the, so on the vast grassy slope, more than 5,000 hungry people miraculously, oops, I skipped it. 
Jesus took the barley loaves and the fish and gave thanks to God. And he gave it to the disciples to distribute to the people. Miraculously, the food multiplied with everyone eating how much? As much as they wanted. All you can eat fish dinner. Sign me up. But what did it take for these people to be blessed? It took one kid saying, hey, listen, he could have said, no, my basket, my lunch, my food, which is what a lot of us would do. Sit over in the corner. and <laughs> But he said, no, here it is. This is all I have. I'm giving of myself. And thousands were blessed out of his obedience. How many could be blessed out of my obedience? How many can be blessed out of my generous heart? What is God, what is God waiting on? Maybe it's, that's not the question. Maybe the question is, what am I waiting on? Do I have this bag mentality that says I'm more worried about what I put in the bag than what comes out of the bag? Or do I have a basket mentality that said, here, man, this is all I got. It's all yours. You can do what you want to with it. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And the mindset of this kind of thinking is we realize that God is infinitely more than enough. We realize that God is infinitely, well, how do you know he's infinitely more than enough? Two, five loaves, two fish, verse, thir- verse 12. And when everyone was satisfied, that means everybody had a good full belly. And when everyone was satisfied, Jesus said to the disciples, now go back and gather up the pieces left over. Wait a minute. Leftovers? From two fish and five little pieces of bread because there's something about generosity that creates miracles. There is just the, just the miracle of generosity. And Jesus said, go back and get the leftovers <laughs> so that nothing will be wasted. Jesus is very concerned with what is wasted. Or what has the potential to be wasted? I know none of us in here ever waste money. I know that. Listen, this doesn't mean, well, you can't go have things. You can't buy things. You can't enjoy your money. God gave it to you to enjoy it. But don't let it get in your heart to where your heart's no longer generous to others. To where our heart's no longer generous. There's a miracle in generosity. (laughs) <laughs> and so that nothing will be wasted verse 13 the disciples filled up 12 wonder why 12 well that's what each of them could carry he said he filled up 12 baskets full of fragments a basket of leftovers for each disciple so they picked it up you imagine that little boy going home I can't carry all this. And I will open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on you so much that you can't contain it. And he looks. What am I going to do with 12 baskets full of fish and bread? 
Mom won't have to cook dinner for a week. All when we decide to be generous, his generosity created a miracle. And out of his miracle created abundance. And all he had to do was give. Folks, I'm telling you, what God is wanting to do in us and through us and for us. But I want to tell you, God can only bless me to the degree he can trust me. If he can't trust me with it, he can't bless me with it. Oh, try that over here. John, you're looking at me. Pay attention, son. If he can't trust me with it, he can't bless me with it. (laughs) He can only bless me to the degree he can trust me. Luke chapter 12, and we're landing now. Luke chapter 12. I want to prove to you this this is the case. Then G- and Jesus then gave them this illustration. A wealthy landowner had a farm that produced bumper crops. In fact, it filled his barns to overflowing. Okay, I'll get this. We know this story, right? He, he, he was blessed. His barns were full. And he thought, what should I do now? That I have every, that every barn is full. And I have nowhere else to store more. This should tell you his mindset right now. His mindset was what? It was was a bag. What can I get in the bag? He said, what am I going to do now that every barn's full and I have nowhere else to store more? I know what I'll do. I'll tear down my barn. I'll tear down the barns and build one massive barn. And will hold all my grain and goods. Then I can just sit back. Surrounded with comfort and ease. I'll enjoy life with no worries at all. And God said to him, what a fool you are. Now see, we, we preach this wrong all the time. Everybody preaches this, that God was mad at his money. God wasn't mad at his money. He wasn't mad that he had money. He wasn't mad that he had all this stuff. God didn't care that he had more stuff than he knew what to do with. It was his heart. God said to him, what a fool you are to trust in your riches and not in me. It was the heart of the thing. That says New King James. I promise you that's not New King James. That's probably the passion. It was late, okay? He said, you're a fool to trust in your stuff. The idol that we set up. And not in me. God is not opposed to you having stuff. Let's settle that. What he is opposed is if your heart is so closed off that you can't be generous. Listen, God is the author of giving. For God so loved the world that he... He is the author of giving. So much so he didn't care if he had to empty out heaven to do it. God wasn't upset about this man's money. And God said to him, what a fool you are. Trust in your riches and not in me. This very night, the messengers of death are demanding to take your life. Then who will get all the wealth you have stored up for yourself? See, all that money... 
If it wasn't all that money, it was all that heart. <laughs> that is what will happen to all those who fill up their lives with everything but God. That is what will happen to those who fill up their lives with everything but God. A generous heart says, how can I give? Where can I sow? Now next week we're going to get you real upset, so if you're going to make plans, if you're going to make plans to not be here, it'll be a good one. Well, what is it? I'll tell you next week. I'm going to tell you now so you don't have a good reason not to come. But folks, God is not worried about you being blessed. He's worried more about your generous heart. And if we want to live a blessed life, we have to remember what the scripture says. It is more blessed to give than receive. And it's not always about money. That's our, brain. That's our, that's our crazy mentality. Amen? Amen? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for who you are and what you are in our life. I glorify you. Father, I thank you that the blessed life is how you can pour your grace into everything that I touch. And I thank you, Father, that you're looking for ways to bless me. And I thank you, Father, that you are setting up avenues of blessing right now. But I have to step on that avenue. I have to become a generous person. And I give you praise, Father, that you're giving me every opportunity. And the choice is mine. In Jesus' name, amen.